Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I am Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer, joined by co-host, my co-host, Sheldon Williams. Sheldon, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good. Can't complain, can't complain. You know, basketball season's back and everything. We finally have a game to discuss. That's right, we're here. We've had one game. Uh, Duke played Monday night. They beat Jacksonville 71-44. to um, You know, the... Uh, uh, margin of uh, victory. We kind of expect in a game like that, right? Jacksonville's a pretty good Atlantic Sun team. I think they'll, I think they'll do well in that league. I think they're picked, you know, first or second. Uh, they were the tournament runner-up last year to Bellarmine. Uh, Bellarmine beat Louisville uh, uh, this week, so um, that conference is uh, is doing some good things already. Uh, so anyway, um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that this week. Uh, it's, uh, Duke plays. South Carolina Upstate on Friday night, and then of course next week, the big the big game with uh, with Kansas on Tuesday night in Indianapolis in the Champions yep, Classic. Yep, yep. Yeah, baby, <laughs> it's time to get going with that. So I'll remind everybody our, our podcast is sponsored by uh, Bet Online. Uh, we appreciate their support uh, the, at the Believe in Duke podcast. So Sheldon, just initially, what what were your thoughts coming out of the of the win over Jacksonville? What did you see when you watched that game? Yeah, for me, um, I didn't know a lot about the team until maybe about an hour or so before the game. I kind of Googled them. As you said, they kind of lost in their runner-up uh, in their league last year. Um, I also want to say that they were a team that kind of made us look a little small. You know, I know what he had, you know, Lively playing. We had Derek uh, playing as well. Why he was playing as well. But the fact that they had a lot of bigger bodies against us. I mean, we still had some big bodies and everything, but it was just like, I was looking at them like, all right, which one is the ACC team? Like, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of how it looked a little bit. So I know basketball changes with every uh, every year and throughout the year with, you know, small ball, big ball and things like that. But it was just kind of thrown off to me that looking at that front line and that lineup, I'm like, okay, they got some uh, some some tall, talented you know, muscular, physical players on that team. And at the beginning of the game, they looked like they was ready to play and everything. And I know that's all I heard about the coach saying about the 10-minute mark. That's when the factor of the fear kind of kicked in for them. Uh, But at the start of the game, they was really going at us, you know, especially with, you know, Mitchell. I know a lot about this guy, and I know you talked about him last time, but seeing his motor, his energy, I was like, this guy – you know, the first play of the game, the dump, and he was like, okay, this guy right here, I see the versatility where he can be this, you know, utility guy to be able to do a lot of different things for our offense and our defense as well. So I was very uh, impressed by Mitchell as well. Yeah, that was a that was a big thing for him. He scored 18 points. He led the team in scoring. Um, and frankly, you know, if Whitehead and Lively were healthy, he probably would have been coming off the bench. He probably would have been in more reserve role throughout this month and he's taken advantage of the of the minutes that are available in practice, and he's shown those things. He, um, uh, you know, he's played good defense. He he showed like he made a couple three pointers in the game uh, to show some some shooting that maybe wasn't there before uh, in practice. So that was again something we hadn't seen from him. 
didn't see really from him in the exhibition or uh, in the scrimmage with Houston. So good for Mark Mitchell for taking advantage of it. That's something, you know, he's six, eight, he's kind of the Swiss army knife, man. He could play a little bit everywhere. He could play inside and shoot outside. He could play defense. Um, just really uh, uh, a quality, a quality player uh, for Duke this year, uh, taking advantage of that situation. Yeah, and this is a good time to remind uh, our listeners that uh, the Believe in Duke podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. Uh, basketball's back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as you continue source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, believe to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts and yeah so duke took care of jacksonville you know in addition to mark mitchell jeremy roach had a really good first half right he scored 16 points um he didn't score in the second half they got a little bit of foul trouble but but he stabilized the team you know and they had that run late in the first half i think it was 14 to 2 that they closed the half on a 14 to 2 run that kind of extended that lead out to 16 at halftime kind of made it comfortable because like you said jacksonville was really hanging with them and 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 played them tough and um and duke really couldn't pull away until uh roach did a couple three-pointers during that stretch including there was one with about 15 seconds left in the half shot clock was off and shire even admitted to us that like he told jeremy it's a good thing you made that shot <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes players feel it. You know, at the time he was feeling it, and uh, I will say I was very impressed with the play of Jeremy because we went through a little bit of a lull where we weren't scoring a point, and then all of a sudden he makes a big shot for us to kind of jumpstart us, and then all of a sudden he follows that up with another back-to-back three uh, in transition, and he gets us rolling, and it seemed like we went through another little kind of a lull. Later on, he goes to the basket and, you know, gets a foul. I think it was an M1, something like that, where like, he seemed to make big baskets, buckets for us. As soon as we were kind of figuring out what we're going to do and how we're going to take the next step during the game. So I would say that I was very impressed with him finding ways to still facilitate the ball, but also coming up big when the team needed him to come up big. And he did that. He's shown that a few times, especially in the first half of uh, the Jacksonville uh, game. Yeah, it just furthers the point that, like, you know, he's the guy that Duke has to count on this year. He has to be – he's the lone captain. He's the only guy back from last year that played, you know, much of all. And uh, uh, they really would be, in a you know, in a kind of a bad place without him, right? I mean, you have to have somebody that, that can kind of be that security blanket that can calm things down and kind of get things going. So, yeah, good, you know, good good on the captain, right, for – coming up yeah, yeah yeah very much so and then uh <laughs> you get the birthday boy you know he came out um it seemed like he was still trying to feel his way out a little bit and then all of a sudden he had his first three and then you start seeing him snagging boards and start really getting into it and start inserting himself into the offense obviously he's a freshman so the nerves of playing in cameron and you know that first you know game i know it's going to be a little bit different than the regular i mean i'm in preseason 
But the fact that once he hit that top of the key three-point shot, he kind of settled down and then you start seeing Flip getting into his his rhythm and getting rebounds on both ends of the court. And that's what we needed for this team. And he came up through, uh, I think, what do he had, 12 and 12 10. Yeah, yeah, 10 points, yeah, 12 yeah, rebounds. Double, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, very good. Uh, and, and you're right, early in that game, and I noticed that he um, – there were times on defense when he looked a little lost. He was – it seemed like he was just a step slow, like, and they were yelling to him from the bench, Flip, supposed to be here. You know, and, and he, he'd get there, but he was it was like he was thinking before he stepped, right? And, you know, we've all been in a situation like we're in a new situation. We're trying to do everything right. And uh, right. But you're right. When he hit that three-point, he seemed to calm down. And then he, you know, was, was getting rebounds left and right. That's what they need him to do. Uh, especially, you know, before w- whenever Lively comes back, that'll take some of the load off him. But, but he did really well there. And uh, you know, Ryan Young, the the transfer, uh, you know, from Northwestern, he, I think he had six all, all six of his shots, grabbed seven right. rebounds. You know, right. Um, right. again, I've always thought he looked a little more skilled than Theo John was last year, right? And uh, uh, he showed that. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely did. Uh, he has, and I think the announcers were saying when I was watching the game like this old school, you know, backyard type game. And he's not going to wow you with the athleticism or the burst of speed. But the thing is, once he has the ball, he's calm and collected. And he will sit there and be like, all right, this is my speed. You're not going to speed me up. You know, and that's how he kind of does. He uses angles, he uses fakes, you know, to kind of get around and get that edge around the defender. And we saw that, especially one move in the first half, where he kind of went to the middle and pump fake, stepped around him and kind of laid up with his left hand. Yeah. And the, the Jacksonville's big was over, like, and then looked, you know, through his armpit, like, oh, where'd you go? Like, <laughs> that type of thing. But like I said, he's not going to wow you, but he's very skilled in his post footwork that he's going to be very essential to us, especially as the season goes on. We can tell that's the kind of the, the big 10 he saw a little yeah. bit in, in his game. Exactly. Exactly. And again, so that that's a really good sign uh, uh, for what they were looking for there. And um, he also led the team with three steals. So that's a big doing that. Wrong, I love right? that. I love that. That's a big doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Those hands in the passing hey, hey. side, right? Don't, don't tell nobody I'm not quick. You see, I got three steals. All right. <laughs> that's right. Don't, don't sleep on me on defense, man. I can get in there and do it. So right, right. And, and that, you know, kind of transitions to, the team's defense as a whole. Uh, Jacksonville only shot 34% from the field overall. I think they were, let me look here, three out of 23 from three point. So, uh, you know, Shire had told us all along uh, from the summer, talking to him that like, we're going to build on defense. We're going to be a really good defensive team. Obviously they want to have a lot of scores on offense and all that. That's not slighting that part of it, but they really wanted to play good defense from the jump. And, and uh, they certainly did that. No question about it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I'm just hoping that we – I know it's the first game, so um, we're still early. But I'm hoping that we have a consistent shooter. That's the only thing that I kind of took away with this game where I wanted to see that, and I didn't see it uh, in, in that game. So I'm hoping that, you know, it's the first game. You know, things are going to be kind of nervous and whoever it may be. But I'm hoping that as the season – not as the season goes along, hopefully before the season goes along, that we start seeing that established guy that we can count on that's right. going to shoot that shot. We know that, you know, Mark uh, uh, Mitchell's going to sit here and attack the, re- uh, the goal, get into the lane. Um, he's not there, you know, as a shooter. 
but he does everything else, you know, pretty well. Uh, hopefully that Jeremy can sit here and uh, be that constant big game shot that we need from him as well. Um, once Flip was able to actually kind of side a little bit and yeah. kind of settle down, we see that he can be that extended forward that can uh, stretch the floor out for him, and especially when Lively gets back. And then um, hopefully once we know about Whitehead and how he kind of progresses, you know, once he gets into the flow and gets the game with him back. But I just want to make sure that we get that constant shooter sooner than later. Yeah, and Roach was was four out of seven, so he did exactly what what you need from him. You know, that's that's great three point shooting on the night. He was nobody shot more three pointers on Duke's team than than Roach did. Uh, but uh, you know, Mitchell made two out of five. Filipowski made two out of five. Those are all acceptable. Um, you know, Jalen Blake's. So let's talk about him just quickly. Uh, it wasn't much of a factor last year. He was a deep reserve, but uh, he has taken it um, uh, again the opportunity to play get extra minutes in practice and in games because of these injuries. And he came out, you know, he really made a difference in that first half when uh, uh, allowing Duke to help start that run, that 14 to two run. He had, you know, a couple three pointers. He made a couple of steals and forced turnovers. One got credit for a steal. Another one he didn't, but he forced the turnover. So um, he, he, he brings it uh, kind of like you said about Mitchell, like playing hard. Blake's does that. And, you know, Shire told us after the game that three pointers are a bonus for him. Like if, if he could just play that hard of defense and, and handle the ball out there to give, uh, give Roach a break, um, you know, uh, or a proctor, whoever it may be, there's like three guys there that are going to handle the ball kind of in the point in off guard positions. Uh, you got to have Blake's in that rotation to give one of those guys a blow there. And that, and, and he hits a couple three pointers too. So, you know, good for, good for Blake's for kind of, you know, making his way and, and showing that, He's going to be a little bit more of a factor this year than he was in previous uh, in last year. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I didn't uh, intentionally mean to leave out Blakes, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the guy uh, showed a lot of improvement from last year to this year, and he is going to be a key rotation guy for us. You know, as the season goes along, so uh, I want to make sure that I didn't, you know, leave him out. It no. slipped my mind a little bit, but thank you for reminding me about that. But yeah, the way he played, he was poised on, uh, on the ball as well too. I, I expect a lot of good things from him. I'm hoping that he continues to progress, but I like the maturity that he's had from last year to this year. And he looks like he's having fun out there. Like, you know, sometimes like last year, he was a little bit lost out there a little bit, mm -hmm. but he seems to be more of himself this year. He's a Jersey guy, man. He's tough. And uh, okay, <laughs> he's probably right. getting to show that, right? Uh, right, so, right, right. Yeah, uh, up there in Northern Jersey. So he's the New York City area. And uh, he can... He can do it. And, and you're right. Last year, he really didn't have a place, you know, with, with Keels in the backcourt and and Wendell Moore and everybody uh, and Roach playing. Uh, there, there really wasn't minutes for him. And so he was kind of finding his way. And he's one of those guys that we talk about all the time that Duke, Duke brings it, brings in the one and dones. But they also bring in freshmen. They know we're going to be here for two or three years. And and Blake's is one of those guys. And by the time, you know, maybe next year he'll be a starter. Maybe he's going to improve that much to be to be a bigger factor than he is even this year. That's what we saw with Wendell Moore. Right. He. Uh, got as his career went on, he became more and more of a player and became a first round draft pick. So I'm not saying Blake's gonna be a first round draft pick. I'm just saying that's kind of the the path, the trajectory he's on, and it's really good to see him uh, from a Duke point of view. You know, kind of get off to that this year and everything. Um, on the other side of that, uh, Tyrese Proctor did not shoot the ball well. Uh, he didn't make a shot from the field. He made two free throws, 0 for six from the field, 0 for four from three point. Obviously, 
that's uh, that's not what Duke expected from him. Again, that's just you know. He, again, we talked about how he was a, a early enrollee. He tra- you know, uh, reclassified, uh, but he's played in a lot of big games. He's played in you know international competition with Australia's national team. And I talked to him a little bit after the game. It's funny, you know, in the locker room, Mark Mitchell's locker is right next to to Proctor's, and of course, a lot of people were surrounded around Mark because of his great game. And poor Tyrese was kind of sitting over there, you know, kind of doing his own thing. And so I popped over there quick and said, Hey man, how are you? You okay? Did like, you know, uh, I'm sure missing those shots. What do you want, want to do? And he said, I'm going to be fine. He said, I had open shots. I missed them next time. I'll make them, you know, next shot kind of thing. He's um, got to got that mentality. Right. Which I guess is good. Um, and you don't want him to get too down, but, uh, but boy, he just, uh, he, he just didn't seem to be on his game that night for whatever reason. He just wasn't on it. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be games like that. Uh, fortunately, for the first game, that happened to him. Uh, but like you said, he's played in bigger games, you know, overseas in Australia as well. But I think that uh, for him, it's going to be a learning and a teaching moment for him, especially, I'm not going to lie, when I had bad games and the guy next to me would have all the media, you know, surrounding him and everything. Of course, I'm like, no, I want some of that too. So like, that kind of gave me the extra motivation they want to play even more and play harder the next game. But I'm going to have that in my mind where I don't want to be the guy that nobody wants to talk to in the locker room. I want to be that guy. So I'm hoping that that's kind of kind of an extra incentive for uh, Proctor once he goes into the next game. Um, but, you know, we never know how things are going to play out. But I know he's young guys. So he got to figure things out, too. So but we, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I'm sure if it's anything like me and how I was when I was in that locker room when I had a bad game, everybody else is getting talked to, but not me. It got me, gave me a little edge. <laughs> it does get under your skin a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. We, we, us media folks, we try to do what we can. You know, uh, one way or the other, we're going to make an impact. So, um, but yeah, uh, we mentioned earlier. Of course, Lively didn't play. Whitehead didn't play. Uh, I, I don't expect Whitehead to play. Uh, uh, this upstate game or the Kansas game. It doesn't look like it. Uh, he's probably another couple of weeks away, I guess is what Shire said. Although um, uh, he is making progress. He has been cleared to play five on five in practice. So they want to see him go through contact. That's going to accelerate his return uh, that way. So again, one more step closer uh, to getting him ready. Lively after the game Monday, uh, Shire said he wouldn't be surprised if he's available for, for the upstate game on Friday night. Um, as we tape this, obviously before that one, uh, we'll see what, what what goes with that. I've had others in the program tell me that it might be another couple games for him. Maybe he needs to take it slow. Uh, these are both situations where if this was later in the season, ACC play, they'd probably be in the game. Um, and they're kind of, we've talked about it a couple of times on these podcasts where they're just taking it easy, making sure these kids have bright futures. They want to make sure they're hundred percent ready. But even when they come back, you know, even if Lively plays uh, his first game, I don't expect him to play 20 or 30 minutes. I think it's probably going to be 10 or 15, right? You have to kind of kind of ease your way back into things. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I'm hoping that he plays the next game so we can go ahead and get that kind of gauging, measuring, you know, how he is. So once we get into Indianapolis, when we get ready to play against Kansas, we know how much we can actually, you know, push him. Because, uh, you know, obviously as a kid, he wants to play – he wants to play his real big first college game. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, you still want to make sure, like, hey, that's all well and good, but we need you for the long run, too. You know, we don't want you to have you right here, then we don't have you for gaps of the, of the year either. So I'm hoping that he plays next game so we can have some kind of measuring stick to see where he's at 
and kind of go from there and see how he reacts after the game. And then hopefully if that goes well, we know what he can, he's going to be able to do for the Indiana-Kansas um, game. Right, for that game up in Indy. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, with Whitehead, again, it might be next week before we start that process. And maybe he'll be ready to go by the time the team goes to Portland uh, for the for the, the Phil Knight uh, legacy tournament out there Thanksgiving week when the first game is against Oregon State. And then the next game will be either Florida or Xavier. And then it could be Gonzaga in the championship game if things play out. That'll be a, a great weekend. And so hopefully by then, both those guys will be playing and we'll, we'll have a better judge of, of, of what's going on with Duke right now. So, um, yeah, another thing I want to mention, you mentioned at the start of the podcast, was um, the, the physical nature of this freshman class. I mean, Lively and Whitehead are a little bigger guys, uh, and that's why they're you know going to be lottery picks for sure. But you remember last year, like Trevor Keels and Paulo – were like they were solid right they look like older players as freshmen right um right. obviously proctor doesn't look like that um uh, uh mitchell doesn't look like that he played very well but they're not that thick so i mean it's, i guess that's just from year to year that's how freshman classes are and it might take a little bit of adjustment for those guys but uh i mean they'll get there but uh, that is you're right that's the first thing with the eye test is when they get off the bus i mean Tre- trevor keels looked like a tank right remember last year Right. I mean, uh, the freshmen that we have now look like, you know, real typical freshmen and how they're supposed to be looking coming out of high school, not like the Zions and, you know, uh, Trevor Keels, you know, but, oh, what's going on? Like, this is, these are football players. These are not basketball players. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, going back to, like, you no know, actually real, you know, basketball bodies coming out of uh, high school, we have a lot of those on our team this year. But uh, with that being said, we still have a long, lengthy you know, guys that are really able to interchange with different uh, positions. So that's another positive with that. So you're not really kind of pinned down to one part of the game. You can actually use guys interchange to different things you want to use throughout, however, you know, John was used out throughout the year. Yeah. And speaking of John, John Shire's first game, he got his win. Starts first, off one of those. First real, first real win. I mean, we had, he had two against Wake Forest last year. Uh, ironically, uh, ironically, against Wake Forest both times, but yes. this is his first real head coaching win. So it's pretty cool to see, you know, the John Shire era, you know, kick off. That's right. <laughs> it goes on his record, not Coach K's anymore. This right, right. <laughs> um, you know, and I thought, you know, watching him, uh, you know, coach the game on the sidelines. First of all, he's sitting in the same seat that Coach K sat in. There's three seats over, you know, so they got – it's just like it was. that He didn't move that. that that's the same. Um, uh, he didn't. He's uh, my colleague Luke DeCock wrote a column about this too. That uh, John was more like, I'm going to calm these guys every once in a while, you just try to calm them down. And uh, you know, Coach K, fiery, passionate, right? I'm and John's got passion, I think we both will agree with that. He didn't have to right, show it right. very much that night. And I, I want to see again as we go forward, we're learning about John as a head coach, like what we're going to see from him. And uh, I guess that's right, sometimes you need a coach to. To calm you down, sometimes you want to kick you in the butt, right? That's kind of how it goes. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure we're going to see our, our fair share of John, you know, kind of getting everybody fired up too. So I'm sure that's coming too. So yeah. don't don't uh, think it's not coming, but that's going to be coming as well too. But I can't imagine uh, just being in John's shoe, shoes and being in the back. And for 40 years, that same path of walking from the locker room to the bench, and now all of a sudden, that same path is being walked by another person. Ironically, uh, it's also a new player, but it's being walked by a different person for the first time in 40 years. So I can't imagine him being in that, that, that limelight where 
he's coming out for the first time as the official game and you look to your left and the right and people clapping you and not what we were doing for 40 years with Coach K and he's walking right. down the sideline, you know, and going to the seat. It was my seat that uh, his parents were sitting where uh, most of the, the, the families of the coaches and staff were, yeah. would be sitting at in the middle of that, uh, that uh, area and everything. So um, that, that, that was pretty cool kind of seeing that on TV as well. Yeah, his parents were there. His wife was there. Um, they have really, really young kids, so they were they were home. They're like little baby, little, like little toddlers, so they couldn't be out that late. But uh, yeah, you know, you, I look up to where you know in the upper deck where uh, Coach K's family always sat right there in the middle. Uh, right, right. The two of his daughters were there, Debbie and Lindy, but uh, Mickey wasn't there. Uh, it's it's different. I mean, it's. It definitely is. It definitely is. It definitely is. So it was kind of a surreal moment a little bit. So we're kind of, oh man, like this really is different. Like this is really a new era. Like Right. Totally. But they got off to a good start and that's what you wanted. And uh, so um, we'll see if they can continue with this weekend, uh, the South Carolina upstate game. And then um, then Kansas next week, following Friday will be Delaware. And the following Monday is Bellarmine. Bellarmine's coming to Cameron after knocking off Louisville. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, hey, I can't take them lightly. I mean, uh, we know that what they did against Louisville and everything, but can't take them lightly. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see um, how that goes. But like I said, I was very impressed how Jacksonville uh, was playing. Jacksonville uh, State was playing. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, especially uh, these uh, schools that are younger, not younger, but older, mm-hmm. but don't get a lot of credit uh, for what they've been doing because of their league or whatever the case may be. Uh, but to see a more mature team coming into Cameron and playing against our new, uh, our new guys and everything. So it's going to be interesting to see how we continue to mature and hopefully we mature quickly, even when we get our guys back and be full strength. Absolutely. All right. That'll do it for this week's edition. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Make sure and subscribe to us. That helps us out quite a bit. Leave us a comment or a, a rating and uh, give us five stars, please. We would appreciate that. Uh, yes. <laughs> Believe in Duke podcast sponsored by Bet Online. Uh, Steve, uh, I'm Steve. Sheldon and I will be back next week. Uh, we'll be breaking down the uh, the Kansas game at that point. Hopefully, we'll have seen Derek Lively and maybe Derek Whitehead on the court. Please, maybe. maybe that's Please. Talk about. <laughs> Very good. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Sheldon, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.